0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster.
1: Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to Trashy Divorces, episode three. It's all about fame. fame. I'm gonna live forever i'm gonna be in the press forever there you go that is what it's about and
0: people will never let it die so we've got one story about a person who desperately wants to be in the public eye at all times for all sorts of reasons and
1: i guess one person that really regrets that that happened to her marriage and she wishes she could be out of the public eye because she never left it after it happened. There you go. Jeez. Mirror images. It's fame. It's fame. Welcome to Trashy Divorces, y'all. Fame. I want to live forever. I'm gonna learn how to cry. I'm gonna file some court papers. I'm not gonna keep your name fame. I don't know. Welcome to Trashy Divorces. Welcome to Trashy Divorces. Episode three, y'all coming in hot. Who's famous in your star loop this week, Stacey? Oh my god, Alicia. Who you got? Who you um
0: got? I am so excited about this story just because I feel like it is the heart and soul of what trashy divorces is all about
1: i have the song that's the heart and soul of trashy divorces in my story so we have a visual representation
0: that's wonderful that's wonderful
1: a little song we're trying to fulfill all your senses listeners wow yeah i mean
0: (laughs) no visual obviously because podcast but you know what can you do Okay, why, um,
1: why is your person the soul of Trashy Divorces?
0: Because my person is Bethany Frankel of The Real Housewives <sighs> oh. of New York City. Oh. Yeah, and this is Bethany Frankel's made-for-TV divorce, which was just a fucking miserable thing. Like, let's be super honest. Like, this is, as far as, like, just the anodyne things of a divorce go, this could not have been more horrible. Oh. So, um,
1: so can, I, can I preface that I don't know much about the housewives
0: yeah you know it's probably worth noting um i also i don't watch reality tv so like all of this is from like print media and web media which is
1: most of our short like we read books we do research yeah. we go through archives like we're really researching some of the neatest bits of stories right but for listeners who are fans of the real housewife conglomerate
0: you can write in with whatever
1: criticisms we you apologize beforehand i don't but the one housewife I know, sure as fuck. Is it Bethany Frankel? It's Bethany Frankel and skinny girl. And her divorce took an even longer time than Charlie Sheen. Like, she's the one that I've got the most... She's doing fame right. I know about her. Well, Okay, I mean... talk to me. Talk to me. All Trashy right. divorce.
0: All right. So, to set this up. So, Bethany Frankel, who, um, according to the webpage I pulled up over there, is 48 years old right now. Happy 48, sister. So... There are people in the world who have a plan, and in the case of the Real Housewife of New York City, Bethany Frankel, she had a plan. She had a plan to be somebody.
1: It's our New Year's episode. Goals are good.
0: Goals are good, and like there's a there's a good reason for that, right? Like she had a bad childhood. Uh, her her dad left early. Parents divorced. Mom remarried, but was on un- it was an unhappy marriage, and there was a lot of fighting. And okay. So basically, Bethany graduates college and is like, I'm fucking out of here and heads to L.A. where she's going to strike it rich in Hollywood.
1: Wow. So like a childhood where you, as soon as you can get out, you do.
0: Yes. You are planning
1: Um, your escape.
0: But I think she went to like Boston University or like she went to a good... Yeah, anyway, so, yeah, so she heads to Hollywood. She's seeking fame and fortune. It's the early 90s. She gets some sort of, like, low-grade backstage, like, production assistant role on um, Saved by the Bell. Sweet. Right? Yeah, so that show wrapped up in the early two, in the, maybe early 90s. Anyway, whatever. She ends up as Kathy Hilton's personal assistant, and is like as part of her job, like picking up Kathy um, Hilton,
1: who's the wife or ex-wife of Hilton Chain.
0: The yeah, Hilton Hotels and, okay. and the mother of Paris Hilton and Nikki Hilton. Got it. So yeah. So anyway, so Bethany's early life, she's probably ten or twelve years older than the, the Hilton kids. So she's in this sort of milieu and she's trying to get famous and she like it's a big deal. Right? Sure. She's she's really into being a celebrity. 2005. As her assistant. As her assistant, but, uh, you know, for a lot of people in Hollywood... Have a, I,
1: a little bit of a- attache, is that the word? Cache? Uh, Cache. Well... I think it
0: it connects okay. you to people who are important in Hollywood, right? Sure. You work for okay. someone important in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. So. Fair enough. In any case, so 2005, she finally, finally lands her big role... <gasps> da which unfortunately was on a reality TV series. Oh. Uh, she was on The Apprentice. Martha Stewart.
1: Oh, seriously?
0: Yeah, she's a trained chef, and so it was like a cooking competition, I guess. Okay,
1: it is brand new information that Martha Stewart had a show called The Apprentice.
0: Oh, I'm sure it was part of the Trumpastic line of Apprentice series. I
1: I had this is sorry, I'm processing I'd, that particular because. I don't like I think Martha Stewart's pretty plucky. I like
0: her. <laughs> well, then you'll like this. Okay, um, tell me. so Bethany, trained oh. chef, ends up coming in second in oh. this competition on the show. Pretty and, good. And the prize for first place is to get a job with Martha Stewart oh. and move to Connecticut. I don't know, but whatever. Sure, to, you'd work for Martha Stewart. Bethany begs her to hire her anyway because Bethany knows. That she is supposed to be a, a star. star. Martha is like, dude, you are such a show off and won't hire her. Ooh, ooh. So, a little bit humiliating there at the end. That Probably,
1: she sure is plucky. Prob- like
0: <laughs> Probably not an unfair assessment of our dear bethany frankel she's a little aimless after this as you can probably imagine
1: second place is pretty good you should be able to turn that into something
0: funny story oh no so she moves to new york she's working as a private chef and decides to start working on a diet book because like nutrition is like this is actually probably her life's passion if we're okay being honest like being famous, I think, was the way she was going to, like, put her really not that interesting nutritional philosophy into the world. But
1: No, because, I mean, healthy wine, let's talk about low-calorie and balance Like, she's sure. a skinny girl. Yeah, well, not yet. Or but... is it a okay, – No, I mean, no, go on, yeah. or, like, she's – I was going to say, is there a particular disorder, which is, well, as a not skinny girl, I – Anyway, when, I have a lot of questions when, we, when I see the brand
0: I believe when talking about any real housewife, the question of is there a
1: disorder is fairly there's a lot you could ponder there I mean brand recognition a plus
0: well but we're not, we''re not there yet, sure. okay. we're, we're not there yet Sorry. okay I
1: get excited you're jumping you're okay. jumping ahead jumping ahead
0: all right so um while in New York, she became acquainted with uh Jill Zarin, okay who would is... go on to be part of the first season cast oh. of The Real Housewives of New York. New York. And okay. Jill Zarin is a huge Martha Stewart fan. So she is world. like starstruck meeting Bethany. And so they like...
1: Seriously? Every oh, time no. they come
0: across each other, Jill is like, Bethany! And like, can't wait to talk Have to her. never met my new BFF. And so it is Jill Zarin who says, by the way, Bravo has approached me about this show they're doing. It's a spinoff of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or whatever, whatever Orange County, whatever the first one was, New York was going to be second. And so she sits down with the uh, Bravo people. And she's like, I have experience in reality TV. I would be a perfect fit. I can do drama. Like, and I don't mean theater drama. I mean, I mean drama, drama. <laughs> so she was instantly hired.
1: So she pitches herself. Yeah. Based well, on and, her. And Jill, yeah,
0: Jill, Jill Zarin, like, pitches her too. So anyway, they're both season one cast members. Bethany was an interesting choice for a show that was purportedly about the lifestyles of the idle, rich housewives of, you know, New York City. First of all, Bethany was unmarried. So not a housewife at all. Second of all, Bethany
1: was at the time... She must have done really good in that sit-down meeting to get hired as a non-married person for housewives. Oh, just
0: wait. She was flat fucking broke. She was living in a tiny one bedroom apartment apparently it was totally trashed whenever they would bring camera crews over like it looked like a perfectly miserable existence that she was leading especially compared to all of these wealthy
1: women the opposite were, side of what they're filming
0: basically so you know like kind of an odd duck in in the in the casting there in the second season, though, her diet book comes out, oh. and she has at this point built quite a lot of, of name recognition, mm-hmm. and she's built a following, particularly hey. among women who are into, you know, lifestyle Style brands. Yeah. Yes, And so her book, uh, Naturally We're Thin— We're in gossip and cocktails, but okay. Sure. <laughs> um, so her book is called Naturally Thin, Unleash Your Skinny Girl mm. and Free Yourself from a Lifetime of Dieting.
1: Okay, that's, I mean,
0: a good concept. Instant bestseller. What? Top of the chart? Yeah. And so this is like, here we go. Like Bethany has like accumulated this little bit of fame and purloined it into, into business, into a That's business opportunity. Marketing. Very, very smart. And actually, at some point, we will also be discussing the Countess Luanne oh. of the Real Housewives of New York. And she had a similar thing where she was like, she's really overt, though, about how famous she wants to be. In any case... The skinny girl thing became her brand. And soon she had, had I think she had licensed with actual like distillers sure. to make these like pre made skinny girl cocktails right. that you can buy in every liquor store in America and a lot of grocery stores. Yeah, and
1: you see them around. I mean, it's, her
0: brand recognition. Yeah, top notch. Top notch. Top notch. Okay, so still single, but now she is a best selling author.
1: So she can probably move out she of the house.
0: Yeah. By season three. She finds herself in a very serious relationship, finally. Love. Finally, it's love with a pharma executive or something. I don't know, it works. I mean, I think Rudy Giuliani showed us that don't date the pharma reps, but... Again.
1: Do ain't it. No party like a pharma girl party, because the pharma girl party don't stop. what? What? Thanks, how and um, Your Mother, yeah, for no kidding. pretty much daily occasional references of amazing things. Sure.
0: Shout out. This person's name is Jason Hoppy, and Bethany sees an opportunity to enlarge her personal brand and star power and leaves the Real Housewives, she, because Bravo offers her her okay. own show no. called Bethany Getting Married, which <sighs> follows her and Jason through their engagement. And then through their wedding at the Four Seasons in New what? York. This was 2010. She was seven months pregnant at the time of the wedding. What? So, seven months pregnant at the time of the wedding.
1: Okay, again, let's... No shame, no shade. That It's not that. Just, uh, this is a lot to process. There's a, a camera
0: whole... crew following her around... She's seven months pregnant. Few, obviously, she gives birth soon after. Like, Bren, her daughter, is like the first reality TV. Maybe not the first, but...
1: Okay, hold on. I have, I have some questions.
0: Yeah. Fire away. When,
1: when was the wedding? It was in 2010. I Did don't know the month. Okay, you don't know the month. Presumably, they knew they were getting married before they, you know, booked the fucking plaza. The Four Seasons. Oh, yeah. sorry. Book the Four Seasons. They you, you don't just get a date at the Four Seasons. Probably not. I mean, you probably can get your date upped if you're coming with a camera crew, but really? So you know that's happening. don't you go ahead and do it before you're really showing or if you're already seven months in? Just write d- it out to have the day you want.
0: You know what? I bet if I had watched this show, <laughs> I could answer <laughs> these questions. I did not.
1: These are the mysteries of trashy divorces. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. So okay. So daughter Bren is born. Camera crews following them around, and around the, to- the same time, uh, Beam Incorporated, makers of Jim Beam and sure. many other, I think it's Diageo now or something. It's it's a conglomerate. It's a booze. Right. It's a booze conglomerate. Is like wow. The women's market in alcohol is really a growth segment, and this skinny girl thing is smart uh here we go so beam approaches her and says we would like to purchase skinny girl from you and she says hold up you can purchase the cocktail line but that brand skinny girl that's mine she's smart super smart and super smart they pay her 100 million dollars for the skinny girl cocktail line she is super smart. I'm oh, sorry,
1: 100 million. 100
0: million. Do- yeah, super You're not even smart. Putting
1: your pinky up to your face. I know. Like I was trying to. Awesome should've... powers yeah, that. But wow. So
0: all right. So far, we have a complete. And she
1: still owns the brand.
0: Owns the brand. Crap. So and she's been rocking and rolling with it ever since.
1: She's sounding pluckier as the story goes on. Exactly. So far we have a
0: smashing success story. Somebody came from like a pretty rough childhood, grows up, sets her sight on the entertainment business, parlays that into like...
1: Finds a way to... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just amazing. Uh, The problem...
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, what are your problems if you have $100 million in the bank, you're happily married with a newborn?
0: In two words. Jason Hoppy. Oh, no. Uh, December 2012. So this marriage is not very old. She writes... 2012, okay. She writes her dear husband a letter and says, Dear Jason, it turns out that marrying you was not what I wanted to do with my life, oh. and I would now like a divorce. Now, at this time, they, they... don't even have
1: a conversation?
0: Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I mean, I know what's been reported... But, yeah, apparently she sent him a letter asking for a divorce. He did not rush out and file for divorce from her. She did that the following month. Now, they are at this time living in a $5 million Tribeca apartment that she has. It was her first big purchase with her new skinny girl money.
1: Wait, they're living together? They're married. (laughs) (laughs) So she sends him a note. Letter. The letter, Maria. <laughs> so she sends him a letter. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! And he presumably gets the letter because uh, it may be just on the the coffee table, probably
0: at the home mailbox. Yeah,
1: Jason
0: coming in from work at the pharma co. In the key
1: on on your keys, yeah. whatevs.
0: Yeah. And they
1: okay, awesome. This is healthy.
0: Might have been a postcard.
1: I don't know. Really, this um, is super super healthy relationship behavior. Yeah. There's a reason why you get a divorce.
0: All right, so let me let me throw in here some things that were reported about this time in Carry Bethany's on, life. Wayward writer. So that uh so that we don't overplay Bethany being a paragon of good taste or sound judgment in particular because
1: it is trashy divorces.
0: Trashy divorces. So apparently the hundred millionaire who is still living with her estranged husband who is sharing in the co-parenting duties of their very young daughter. Sure. A month into this divorce process, she uh, starts shopping a a book around
1: what? About, about
0: being a single mom about
1: the struggles of single motherhood. The struggles of single motherhood in your five million dollar <laughs> yeah. Tribeca apartment. Yo, yeah, where your husband's still living. With I know, you?
0: I know I've known a bunch of single mothers in my life, and this is not how their lives looked.
1: <laughs> These
0: were not their struggles. Dear
1: single moms, yeah. we have some questions. What the
0: hell? Anyway, so, you know, Bethany. So she's
1: a little trashy. She's hungry.
0: She, Yeah. She, hungry I mean, like she, wolf. yeah, she, a little opportunistic perhaps is That's the right word. word. Like she'll, sure. but I mean, Hey, she's a business lady. She's going to take advantage of stuff. All right. So the serious ass kicker about the Bethany Frankel, Jason Hobby divorces. Oh God. It took almost four years what? for them to complete the divorce from their less than two year long marriage. I
1: Yes. I hesitate to ask, why is that?
0: Ah, <laughs> let me just let me just give you a little okay. I have assembled in a semi-chronological order okay, um, a quick rundown of the lowlights from the next almost four years of bullshit as borrowed from page six in the New York Post. Low okay, so when Bethany filed for divorce, oh,
1: okay. she
0: asked These are pretty standard things. She asked for primary custody of Bren, who was two. She wanted child support, medical and dental coverage. She wanted Jason. Regular things.
1: Yeah, Jason to take out a life insurance
0: policy. To you.
1: He's a farmer rep. Right. Even in a New York market. Right. I don't know. She she also
0: wanted exclusive occupancy of the marital residence, which also is not like necessarily going to happen for you right away. A
1: hundred million. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. I I don't know what pharma reps make. I no, was just not a,
0: not a hundred million.
1: Not a hundred. Not a hundred million, million. Probably not a hundred million. Less than
0: a hundred million. I, a good bit less than a hundred million. Why
1: are you? I think this is on you.
0: Right. So Jason files his response uh, a few weeks oh. later.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and demands every single thing that she has demanded in her suit plus that bethany pay his legal and accounting bills for the yeah. divorce yeah so it is on i, I don't mean, disagree with that i mean i i don't know you, you could settle this between yourselves
1: and save yourselves a lot of no, pain I'm just but, saying, like let's let's think about this let's, oh no i totally let's agree. reverse gender roles for a second Totally we good. would be applauding any woman who just did what jason did
0: yeah no without like, a doubt
1: a hundred percent like no and even yes. the
0: the law even the in in new york if you are the less moneyed spouse mm-hmm. which jason hoppy who earns about a hundred thousand dollars a year is a pharma exec whatever oh
1: i mean yeah um a hundred million dollars a year a hundred thousand uh, i think that's a, a
0: factor less Jeez. um so he makes like a hundred grand a year, and which is not not nothing, but it's anyway. Bethany had earned, you know, a hundred million dollars the year before. Mm-mm. So the judge is like, "Yeah, you're uh, actually Miss Frankel. You're going to be paying all of these things." Absolutely, you are. They spend the next year living together
1: in, in, their the, tri- tribeca. in the Tribeca
0: <sighs> apartment, co-parenting their kid, probably having very silent <sighs> meals. And periodically heading to court with their lawyers to yell at each other, man, like, to be a fly on those walls, you would probably just fall over dead. I mean, that's, it cannot have been comfortable.
1: Oh, try misery.
0: Well, gets worse. Oh, no. So, January of 2014, Bethany heads to court and has so this uh, is two years after Take one, A letter, one year Maria? okay one year uh right. yeah because it was that was december 2012 so january okay. 2014 so okay. so a year later bethany goes to court says hey judge Mm-mm. great news i am seeing this new guy and he's wonderful why and we are super what? in love no. and i would like my my house back please could you kick out the father of my child
1: why don't you find a new place for the father of your child to stay?
0: Or move yourself out.
1: Yeah, yeah. that that is not how that works.
0: Um, I mean, maybe some places it is, but in New York, like if there's not like domestic violence happening, then
1: So how receptive was Judge to that message? I mean <laughs> <none> <laughs> what did of, judge say? None
0: of the reporting that I found said that the judge laughed her out of court, <laughs> but um <laughs> but it does appear to be a statement of fact that bethany herself moved out of the tribeca apartment not long after
1: (laughs) the fact that bethany was laughed out of court surprised no one (laughs) (laughs) narrator's voice um yeah that spring
0: i mean this it just it's so and you're completely right like if you flipped
1: god if you
0: flipped this we would all be like yeah, like, in some ways, this is a great story about the successes of feminism, because you have a very rich woman who just yeah. gets taken to the cleaners by her husband, who, like, later that year, like, the judge orders her to pay $100,000 in his legal bills. Perfect. That summer, like... For eight-
1: a New York lawyer with a, one partner of that yeah, divorce earning $100 a $100,000 does not seem all that outrageous. It does I don't know. Um okay. Not not when you deal in that kind of money. Yeah. Like your divorce lawyers are Still, I'm just taking saying taking millions when you're dealing in that kind of I money.
0: think the important thing the reason why these are trashy divorces is because these people didn't have to do it this way. Like you can negotiate a settlement. Yeah. And spend next to nothing on lawyers. It's so easy. Like an uncontested divorce, you never
1: even have easy. to go to court. Boom. You never meet your judge. You just you send, send the letter. They get the letter. Yeah. You have a conversation at the table and send in some paperwork. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, eighteen months into the divorce, they finally <laughs> settle their custody fight over their daughter Bren. Okay. After a hearing in which Bethany called Jason white trash on the stand, and said that he'd threatened her, and Jason accused her of stripping the apartment of all of Bren's clothing. And toys when she moved out, and leaving them with a single pot to
1: cook in, and a bunch of plastic flatware. It was a little. I want to react to all of that, but I'm I'm sorry, I got so involved in this story. Sure. Is there like? bethany has a baby bethany gets divorced is all this being filmed right so within okay am i jumping ahead again you're not bethany
0: bethany getting married turned into bethany ever after which ran for three seasons and kind of ended when they started their divorce
1: well yeah did they get the letter on film (laughs) jesus
0: bethany leaving jason (laughs) um
1: Bethany questions
0: her life choices. <laughs> um, so I think in this time, Christ. so she she was still insisting. So bad, yeah, she was still insisting she would never go back to the Real Housewives for whatever reason. Like done with you, done with you. I think You're- she was shopping a like syndicated talk show to the networks sure. around this time. It didn't get picked up, and. You know, and she's also doing licensing stuff
1: with Skinny Girl. Like she's it's I've gotta be really fair. If I ever landed a deal where I had a hundred million dollars in the bank, I would not be out searching for my next hundred million. Yeah I would that's be fair. on the beach, yeah reading books, yeah, chilling with the pets, yeah. painting, writing, like not I yeah done.
0: No, yeah, making making trashy divorces with like in an actual studio.
1: Like let's plenty <laughs> is enough.
0: Sure. Plenty no, I'm, is enough. That's, I'm, I'm with you. Again, I digress. these are trashy divorces because these people are not necessarily making choices we would make. Okay. So the custody oh. agreement that they reached was a 50-50, very normal, actually, okay, 50-50 perfect. parental share. Turned out to oh, not yeah. be really a great plan for any of them, but probably most of all, not for Bren. That fall... Still 2014, the judge was forced to chastise her, Bethany, for posting a picture of herself wearing her now four-year-old daughter's pajamas on Instagram.
1: What?
0: Right. How skinny are you? Let that roll around in your head for a minute. She put on a four-year-old girl's clothing, took a picture of herself, and sent it out to Instagram. Do we want to talk about disorders again? (laughs) Because... And I'm not saying eating. I'm just saying that's just a weird thing to do. Um, that that
1: type of that type of thing is just right. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe Brent is a huge child. I don't know. I don't
0: know. She's a six foot tall four year old. I don't know. Like anyway, it's a weird thing.
1: What? What? Why?
0: Because she's. Bethany, I, I I don't know. Uh, In mid-2015... It really
1: does do a number on your brain.
0: Yeah, and seeking yeah. fame. In mid-2015, it was reported that Bethany was paying, this is so gross, $12,000 a month in alimony, $3,000 a month in child support, 1500 a month in Brent's school costs, $11,000 a month to pay for the apartment that she moved out of rather than stay there with Jason plus another 100000 of Jason's legal fees. Uh, his total legal bills at that point were more than $700,000. And though they didn't know this at the time, there was still a year to go in this bullshit.
1: What? Come on.
0: Bethany filed an appeal over the alimony payments, which in early 2016, the appeals court was like, yeah, that's a lot. Like, you don't know how you're not on the hook for all of that. Okay, so in... Early 2016, things finally turn around for Bethany <sighs> oh, a little bit. Um, the appeals
1: court they is like... fighting the inevitable? <sighs> no. She's still in love with the same person that she was in love with that she told the judge. like, I'm not sure. She dated... Time's a wasted, man.
0: She dated Alex Rodriguez at one point. I saw today that... Whatever. A-Rod? Prop, A-Rod, A-Rod. A-Rod. I actually don't know if that was before this or... This may be before I, her marriage. Okay. I just not... I don't know. Okay, 2016, the appeals court is like, holy shit, that's a lot of alimony you're paying, so that's off the table. All that was left was fighting over the Tribeca apartment Ah. in the divorce that would never end. Basically, Bethany had purchased it through a trust. This would normally make it off-limits to the spouse, but she was paying his legal bills. Why not fight it? So, finally... It got resolved. She got the the apartment in July of 2016, more than three and a half years after telling Jason that she wanted a divorce. Bethany was spotted tearing up what looked like legal papers and throwing them into the pool Oh, at the Four Seasons restaurant. There you go. Yes. Where she was dining with a fellow real housewife. Well, I guess fellow former real. Anyway, Carol Radziwill. Radziwill? whatever i know you know who this person is i'm less clear on that but
1: i actually do know who that person is. i know is. you do lee radswell is jackie kennedy's sister so i think so there's so their name was there's a kennedy tie there is a kennedy tie she okay. married uh jackie kennedy's nephew
0: okay
1: who, carol is that her name carol yes okay yeah
0: she married a prince he is a prince he was a prince because he's dead now.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, he was a prince because he is dead um, Okay, and at it's some point... It's a trashy divorce, actually.
0: At, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably get there. Um, Making at, a note. Yeah, at some point, probably maybe late 2016, Bethany did return to The Real Housewives. Um, I'll never go, I'll never season return seven, to that show again. Right, and she continues to be a fan...
1: Favorite? Favorite? No, I have let this episode slip, and people are really excited about... I didn't know the real housewife culture was so amped. Apparently... I missed out on that, apparently. uh, Apparently, it's pretty... Yeah, yeah. I'm not sad. I missed out on it. Cheers, y'all, for the housewife people in the world.
0: This technically concludes the divorce portion, but this does not conclude the trashy portion. And I would... If you will indulge me, the trash lives on. The trash goes on. I would like to.
1: They forgot to pick up our trash this like week. To give Talk you to
0: me some some bits of trash candy from the ensuing oh. months and years, because Bethany and Jason are parents and they're co. After the show, yeah, they're co-parenting. Bethany starts dating a guy named Dennis Shields, who is like legal loan shark. I don't. He loans money, like. <sighs> He made his fortune by, so like you have a personal injury suit and you win and you're due X number of dollars. Sure. But it takes a while for that payment to be made. He loans you that, he loans you against the payout. Oh. Yeah. Okay,
1: uh, I see why you said Legal, legal loan shark. shark i mean it's in the way that you said it yeah now, i didn't get what the tone was but now i understand
0: kind of a weird dude he lives in trump tower and he oh, was fantastic. childhood and adult friends with uh michael cohen
1: oh. of
0: trump scandal fame
1: i wonder if he's his prison pen pal
0: um he is not which you will learn about in a moment oh, what? talk to me okay so she starts dating this dude dennis shields shields Soon begins receiving aggressive emails from Jason Hoppe.
1: What? Like,
0: demanding to know where Bethany is. And, like, is Brynn being properly... Like, just, like, a lot. But they're
1: divorced. Yes. So, really? For the time... It's
0: controlling. Jason Hoppe has some anger issues. In January of 2017, Bethany and Dennis walk Brynn to school. Jason... Uh Uh-uh. Confronts them and starts screaming at them. I will destroy you and just shit like that.
1: Do you know I have Adonis DNA? Tiger blood. Tiger blood. Um, Seriously?
0: Oh yeah. So he was arrested. Jason On the was street? arrested in front of his child's school. Well, actually, I think they. I think he was arrested later. But okay, so in that's any case, probably
1: healthy for your kids. Sure. Yes. Jesus Christ. Uh,
0: he was arrested, charged with harassment and stalking. Oh and my God. so, I know that we personally, in our own lives, we complain a lot about how the criminal justice system deals with women who make complaints about dudes.
1: Sure. Yes, we do.
0: Jason Hoppy spends 2017 periodically meeting with prosecutors and negotiating down uh-uh. Uh-uh. deals. No, and in October of 2017, he reaches an agreement.
1: Mm-mm. Are you, am I about to be mad? Oh, you're
0: going to be pissed. <laughs> um, that because there's also there there weren't just some emails to Dennis Shields. There were emails, texts. He was like baiting her. Like
1: so, this is not a. I had a bad night at the bar and just lost my head for a second. This, this is repetitive, constant, and ongoing behavior.
0: Yeah, no, he like he he very like he told her he needed a copy of her life insurance policy, like just threatening. So, like,
1: okay, how lightly did this fucker get off? Um, so mad.
0: The final agreement was that all charges would be dismissed if he would <sighs> refrain from harassing his ex-wife for six months. However, it did require that he, you know, admit some some guilt there. So, Bethany sued for full custody of Bren. Yeah, you would. Yeah, yeah. you do. She didn't get full custody Ooh. of Bren. Um, the judge... Oh, no. Good God. Finally, someone steps up for this poor child. The judge orders them to have Bren see a psychologist. Good.
1: Overdue. Awesome. Good plan. Your Honor, but 1000%. somebody
0: should... Uh, in August of 2018, Dennis Shields
1: has the kid been on TV? Like, past her, Bethany has a baby show.
0: So I've seen some clips where Bethany is carrying her as a baby, like, but not paparazzi
1: stuff. But like, the kid isn't like a TV star that we just yeah. haven't heard about. No, hey,
0: it's the Bravo universe. Jesus like, Christ. okay, so
1: hey guys, we don't recommend this. Go ahead. Yeah,
0: well, we're gonna find out why dennis shields is not michael cohen's prison buddy (gasps) oh no oh no august of 2018 story is
1: just leaping everywhere oh shit
0: like uh dennis shields is found dead in his trump tower home after overdosing on oxycontin um he sent his personal assistant he had taken some oxy didn't feel right told his personal assistant to go down to the pharmacy and get some narcan oh my god so she booked it out of there to do that Came back, and he was collapsed on the floor, and she administered the Narcan, but it didn't work in his case. And so, Holy crap! Oh, yeah. How old? Mm, 50s. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, that opioid epidemic is, I mean, reaching into Trump Tower there. Like, yeah,
1: anyway. I am...
0: Yeah, Holy... it, this story is... I mean, you thought your Henry VIII had a big body count. This is... Um, Piling them up. So Dennis Shields' death uh, of a drug overdose and some antics in actual Real Housewives episodes oh, yeah. prompt Jason Hoppy to sue for full custody, uh, uh-huh. saying, Hey, you know, Bethany clearly has a substance abuse problem. And the judge is like, Hey, you're really being a jerk about her boyfriend's death. <laughs> So really? there's a hearing scheduled for March of 2019, but yeah, the, nope. the judges are pretty savvy about and and this. I mean, this is a trashy
1: divorce. Like, well, can you imagine everything a judge has to pre-read before going in five fucking years later? Yeah, like you got like I'm annoyed already. Yeah, like I have to read. I have to familiarize myself with five years of fucking court proceedings because you two can't work it the hell out. That's
0: exactly it, right? Like, Bethany is a super savvy business person who, like, she she had a dream, Jeez. she made it happen. But when it comes to interpersonal, you know, decision making and relationships, like, clearly she just doesn't. Wow. And and Jason Hoppy also clearly has some significant self-control issues so i
1: have to say you really represented a trash can on that one i mean how many yeah. trash cans does this one get
0: uh i mean so she's a super savvy businesswoman decided that fame would lead to fortune and she was right but you know in the process like that kid cannot be as healthy as that kid could be I don't know, uh, at, emotionally
1: at what cost happiness yeah all right how many trash cans
0: four and a half i mean she's not henry the eighth she didn't kill a bunch of spouses but i mean that's that's a pretty trashy divorce as
1: a divorce goes yeah i yeah. four 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 and a half yeah four
0: four okay. four and a half yeah we'd put her in that range sure sure
1: i'm gonna go ahead and give her a solid four for sure
0: Well, because she put on a four-year-old's clothing.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, four and a half. Thanks. Thanks. There you go. Check. (laughs) Sold. Well, there you go. That is the trashy divorce. (laughs)
0: At least the current one of Bethany Frankel. I assume there will be others.
1: Good Lord. That's a good story. (laughs) Um, Let's take a quick break. I got the uh, new scandal of Christendom. Oh, yes, yes. 1950s style. Golden
0: age of Hollywood.
1: Golden age of press and scandal and trash that never went away.
0: Mm, Fame.
1: I'm gonna live forever.
0: Uh, All right, we'll be right back. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry.
1: Hi, this is Rachel
0: Yucatel, and I'm here to invite you to listen to my podcast, Misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. This podcast delves into the lives of those who have been reduced to a single headline. Each episode will take a closer look at the stories of those who are on a mission to change their narrative. Join me as we uncover the truth behind the misconceptions, shed light on the stories of those who have perhaps
1: been wrongfully portrayed, explore the complexities of the human experience, and celebrate the power of second chances. Who doesn't love a good comeback story?
0: So Alicia, um, oh Stacy, you uh, you've oh, been Stacey. you've been a you've been a busy little writer girl. On I have this been one. a busy
1: writer girl.
0: You wanna you wanna tell us about yeah. the trashiest divorce in Christendom, part two?
1: Part <laughs> two? You You're not kidding. So, back in episode one, I covered Anne Boleyn, the scandal of Christendom.
0: Sure, Henry VIII.
1: It took. 400, and 400 plus years for another one to happen. Wow. And today, I bring you the story of the trashy divorce of Debbie Reynolds and Eddie Fisher. So, go ahead.
0: So, this became, this is Carrie Fisher's parents, yes? Princess Carrie Leia? F-
1: Princess Leia's parents. God rest her soul. God rest her soul. And I guess her mom's too. Hail Leia. All right, just want to start at the end. This is start at the end. That's exact. That is the very correct place to start. Okay, all of this because we're actually going to end with Carrie Fisher at the end. So oh. you actually did oh. start at the appropriate that? place. Um,
0: yeah. So I will admit, just as I know very little about the Real Housewives, except all the stuff I read about them, um, I know very little about the Golden Age of Hollywood and the and the there was a lot of trash. Girl.
1: There were murders. There were like there was. There are no murders in my story okay. this week. Murder free. Okay. They all stayed sexy. They went into the forest. They left the forest murder free. Okay. Okay. They were beloved individually. And then they started dating. This love story, if you don't know old Hollywood. I don't. This is everything the 1950s was about. They're America's sweethearts. She is lovely and talented. He is a crooner that is living his best life. Hmm. They meet ish. Yeah, they do meet. Well, they meet and one they assumes. fall in love. <laughs> As their daughter, Carrie Fisher, Hail Leia, said in her show, Wishful Drinking, they were the Brad and Jen Aniston. Oh, they were the Brad Pitt and Jen Aniston of their day. If that gives you any indication to what's coming,
0: no, that, oh, well. <laughs> No, but it also—I mean—at the time, like I'm guessing, like celebrity culture was was happening at the time, but it was probably—it like movies. did they did they and produce star- that? Did they
1: kind of bring that into being? They are the, they're Brad and Jen. Gotcha. I mean, okay. Okay. Press is big. It's a it's a big thing, but they are the it couple. Okay. Okay. Which is when the story goes badly, oh. it goes <laughs> really really badly. Uh, And the crap part about the story is it's front page news forever. Talk about fame. Like, this is everything I have. I've seen Debbie Reynolds in interviews to the end of her life. And this is the first question. Okay, but
0: yeah, let's it's
1: the biggest tabloid scandal in history since Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn. (laughs) The new scandal of Christendom's coming, but not yet because we're going to start with the happy times. Okay, here's yeah, the that, beginning.
0: Yeah, let's do that.
1: <sighs> Debbie Reynolds, star of the Silver Screen. She's the it girl. She comes from humble beginnings. Dad works for the railroad. Mom's a homemaker. She's born in 1932, which is the Depression era.
0: Okay.
1: The family's pretty poor because most everybody, everybody was, was. Yeah. the Depression era. They moved to Burbank, California. Did they ride a train? Did they hop a train car? They did not work for Saved by the Bell. (laughs) (laughs) They moved to Burbank when she's five. At 16, she wants to win a blouse from a local department store and enters the Miss Burbank pageant. Okay, this seems so wholesome.
0: I may need to go dirty my soul somehow. No,
1: this is probably the least trashy... Marriage. This is a sure, trashy yeah. divorce, right? But as but it didn't start that way. Heroines in our podcast go right. Debbie Reynolds has a fuckload of gumption, and I love her. I didn't know I loved her as much as because I know the aftermath of the story. It was sure. interesting to get into the details of the prequel. You know what's to interesting what's coming because you told me to
0: look up because I'm familiar with Debbie Reynolds from the you know 2000s, on, like you know mm-hmm. like modern. And, you know, she passed away in 2016, but, but like, I'm familiar with her as, as an older person.
1: You found a picture of her as a younger person. Yeah, She told me, yeah, you told me
0: to go look up some, and yeah, like, holy God, like she was
1: a stunner. (laughs) Holy God. She's, she is everything. And Mm -hmm. I'm making a little heart sign in front of my microphone right now. It's the right thing to do. She wants to win a blouse. (laughs) So she enters this pageant because she's like. This blouse is more than I can afford. Maybe I can win it. Not only does she win the blouse, she wins Miss Burbank, 1948, as well as a contract with MGM. Oh, with Martha Stewart. No, Metro Golden Mayor.
0: Which, okay, so, and at that point, there were, like, big gatekeepers, like MGM.
1: I MGM mean, is huge. You had to MGM be. MGM is, yeah. You had yeah. To be,
0: we would say these days, part of that ecosystem, if you wanted to work in Hollywood, right? Like, that's that what was, she did.
1: Yeah. No way. Like, so she wins the blouse. She wins the pageant. She wins a contract. She wins a contract in MGM. She is on set and going to school at the MGM schoolroom. Oh, that's, again, so wholesome. With Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, shit. Who I will always call Elizabeth. Just FYI, listeners. Elizabeth Taylor hated being called Liz. So, only time I hope to say it in this episode. <sighs> Dominic Dunn, <sighs> love him, clued me in to this fact early in life. I became obsessed with his writing. He'll come back in a future story. Dominic Dunn, maybe, original maybe few. <laughs> homeboy of trash candy. This is my life's work. Anyway, I think about him in a lot of stories I'm writing this season. I digress. MGM, Debbie and Elizabeth, they're BFFs on and, and the El- set. Elizabeth Taylor was a movie star already right like elizabeth taylor became a movie star at nine and she is quoted as saying dominic dunn has quoted her saying i can never remember a time where i wasn't famous wow which is why you call her elizabeth and not liz
0: gotcha so so debbie reynolds walks onto the lot and heads into a classroom at mgm and there is one of the most famous people in the world right well like yeah,
1: if, MGM, cool. if you have a contract you're on set you're taking lessons you're taking voice lessons you're taking you know you're learning how to be a star and they may put you in bit roles and stuff but they have a lot of contract players that they've signed that they start to recycle like who's going to be the next top thing louis mayer head of mgm one day takes note of Debbie's amazing voice because Debbie Reynolds can sing okay. like bird. And he says to her, you're going to star in a movie with Gene Kelly. And she says, I don't dance. <laughs> and he says, you will.
0: Oh. well, So Debbie a Reynolds yeah.
1: wasn't a dancer. She's like the original fame. no. I'm gonna make my feet bleed Hold on let me get to that part okay, okay, Debbie Reynolds wasn't a dancer when she made Singing in the Rain and Gene Kelly Apparently when he hears This news insults her for her lack of Dancing experience insulting her In a subsequent encounter With Fred Astaire He found Debbie Reynolds crying under a Piano because Gene Kelly is been like you don't dance You can't Dance even if you want to I, I don't know what the song is Anyway, Fred Astaire, here's what happens. Volunteers to help her learn dancing so she can do this role. Debbie Reynolds trains daily for five months to learn how to dance. Her feet bleed in training every day. They bleed in filming. She does star in Singing in the Rain, which comes out in 1952. Gene Kelly does later admit that he had not been kind. And was surprised she was still willing to talk to him afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, years later, just to give you, since we're starting at the end, to go to the, it's a, it's a TARDIS of an episode. She, Debbie Reynolds was quoted as saying, singing in the rain and childbirth were the two hardest things I've ever done in my life. Oh. So does that <laughs> tells you something. Yeah. She, Debbie Reynolds proceeds to work steadily. Through the 50s, making five more films through 1954. Things are good. She's sailing along. She is happy working. She's blonde in California and an MGM star. Right. Right. So, okay. Things are good. Yeah. Eddie Fisher. Ah. The most successful pop singles artist in the first half of the 1950s. He sells millions of records, hosts his own TV show, born in in Philadelphia in 1928 He's the fourth of seven kids, got a big family. He's beloved. They call him Sunny Boy. He has some talent with singing, and they nurture it, and he begins to enter some amateur contests, which he normally wins, makes his radio debut, becomes a local star in Philadelphia. Did he win a lot of blouses? (laughs) I don't know how many blouses he won. (laughs) Uh, Like Charlie Sheen, he leaves his senior year of high school to pursue his musical career. He signs with RCA Victor. Off he goes. Is recording, radio star, kind of building his career. In 1951, he gets drafted and serves in active duty for a year. I guess that's the Korean War. Sounds right, yeah. He proceeds the next few years to be the official vocal soloist for the U.S. Army Band. His strong and melodious tenor, quote, made him a teen idol, One of the most popular singers in the 1950s. Here's some stats. He had 17 songs in the top 10 on the music charts between 1950 and 1956. Wow. 35 songs in the top 40. Wow. Between 1950 and 1956.
0: Wow. Okay. So he was
1: everywhere. Okay, But isn't it funny that we don't recall him as one of the great vocal crooners? aren't you hooked is maybe to know why. Okay, go ahead. Aha. <sighs> break out the wedding bells. Oh, Debbie and Eddie, they meet, Boom. they fall in love. They marry September 26th, 1955.
0: All right. So they're, they're like top of the world.
1: Both of them are individually top of the world. They meet, they marry. They are the love affair that the world has waited for. Sure. They're everything. <sighs> In later interviews, <laughs> she implies she really just was ready to have sex, but she said it much classier than that. Sure. Like, good girls waited.
0: Mm-hmm. Got tired of waiting.
1: <laughs> Got tired of waiting. Sometimes good girls get tired of waiting. Sure. So their daughter, Carrie, woohoo, was born in 1956. Their son, Todd, is born in 1958. Their son, Todd is named after Eddie's best friend, Mike Todd. Okay. So just make a note of that <laughs> <Okay>. name.
0: <laughs> so we'll matter later. Okay.
1: Pay attention to that detail. It will come up soon. <laughs> Narrator voice. Sure. All right. So they're groovy. They have two babies. They're living the Hollywood dream. They are photographed, interviewed, They come together to do popular programs. Their footage on What's My Line is entirely weird, but super cute, too. We (laughs) wish those kids the best, and that's the end of the story, right? Oh, great story. Gosh. Done. Old Hollywood love. Nope. Oh. Oh, there's more. It's the quickest trashy divorces in history. (laughs) So let me preface this by saying that I'm really wary of couples with couple best friends. You got to be careful. Interesting. Who your couple is going to couple with because um, they could be dangerous. Yeah, okay. And here begins the sordid tale. Oh. Here's where the train starts shaking on the tracks. All right. What happened? Eddie Fisher and a dude named Mike Todd are BFFs. Sure.
0: His, bros. Yeah. Son is named for Todd. Mike son Todd. is named
1: for Mike Todd. Mike Todd is a hotshot Hollywood producer. He's a mover and shaker in Hollywood entrepreneur. He's older than Eddie. He's in his late forties. Eddie's in his early twenties, but he's distinguished and dashing. And it's a bit of a mentor. This is literally written in my notes in capital letters. Eddie loves him. He actively copies him. He looks up to him. Is this mythical hero? God, dude, bro, whatever Mike Todd orders for to drink. Eddie orders that to drink. Mm. However, he orders his steak, medium rare, well done flambé, whatever. That's how Eddie orders his steak.
0: Okay. So Mike Todd is the classy father figure
1: training. Correct. Eddie Fisher, how to, how to, he's going to teach you how to live. I'm going to teach you how to live, kid. Same drink, same dinner. Now remember old Debbie and Elizabeth Taylor, old school chums from sure. the MGM studio lot. As Elizabeth is divorcing her second husband, she begins to scope out her third husband (laughs) and begins to date Mike Todd. Elizabeth and Debbie are friends. Mike and Eddie Fisher are friends. Debbie and Eddie are married. Yay! (laughs) Woohoo! Couples friends. Couple friends. They're united. The stars line up that this is going to be the best couple friendship in history. And it goes like that for a while. Elizabeth Taylor and Mike Todd do marry in 1957. It is the third marriage for both. Eddie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds are best man and matron of honor at their wedding in Acapulco. Debbie washes Elizabeth's hair that morning, (laughs) gets her dressed. Like they really have a genuine friendship. Elizabeth Taylor and Mike Todd have a daughter in 1957. Things are great. End of story. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That was great. Third time's not the charm. <laughs> and our story is about to take a sad turn. Mm. I don't have a murder. I do have a death. Yeah. Shit. Murder-free, not death-free. Sure. On March 22nd, 1958, Mike Todd's private plane, the Liz, crashed in New Mexico. Yikes. The plane had engine failure, went out of control, killing all four on board. Mike Todd was on his way to accept a Friars Club Award. Elizabeth Taylor wanted to travel with him, and she got a cold, and he was like, nope, you're not going. It was bad. That morning, Debbie wakes up, reads the news, wakes Eddie up. They head over to Elizabeth's home. Sure. Doctors have have arrived. She's hysterical, like Uh, you would be. Yeah. Debbie, genuine halo lady that she is, leaves Eddie there. To console Elizabeth Taylor. Sure. Now remember Elizabeth Taylor. This is March. Elizabeth Taylor had a baby in August. So Debbie takes all the kids and the nurses. Sets up camp at their house. Even Elizabeth's previous second husband, Michael Wilding, stays with Debbie Reynolds. Like this girl is pure fucking sunshine.
0: Well, and and Elizabeth Taylor and um, Eddie, there were... The closest people to Mike Todd. They are
1: grieving Mike Todd and honestly want to find a way to keep him alive. Right. Which Debbie in later interviews says she was surprised. Like she really thought she and Elizabeth were friends and that she was doing the right thing by sending Eddie to Elizabeth to comfort her after the death of Mike Todd. How did that go for them? Well, in every interview, like, Debbie is so like speaks glowingly about Mike Todd and that she's doing the right thing, but da da da. You know what's gonna happen. <sighs> Christendom scandal. <laughs> Elizabeth and Eddie <laughs> fall in love, or at least a shared grief that they think is love. The show is called
0: Trashy Divorces. Right. So, yeah. And yeah.
1: they're not really hiding it. Rumors which oh. become truths. Begin uh, goodbye, husband. Yeah, hello, scandal. Yeah, and welcome to the press being up in your business non-fucking-stop.
0: So not it's not the birth of the tabloids because the tabloids have been around for a long time, but but no, I this, but this was intensifies this was that glare. A,
1: yeah, like a, a thousand watt bulbs. Everybody loves a sex scandal. No, this is so nineteen. 19- 58 ish. I'm going to tell you like how Debbie found out about it, which is super scandalous, oh. but oh, Jesus is bad. But I mean, this is the divorce. Doesn't happen. It's tell. Yes. Hold on. Jump okay. On. Sorry. Sorry. Ahead. So there's some footage of her on the Oprah Winfrey show from 2011. And she Debbie Reynolds recalls the moment she finds out about the affair. Apparently, Elizabeth Taylor went to New York for something, and all of a sudden, Eddie needs to go to important to New business York. in New York, the greatest city in the world. So, Debbie explained she was looking for Eddie. I'd heard the rumors that he'd gone to New York for some business, but I didn't know it was monkey business. <laughs> I called his room, he wasn't there. So, I called Elizabeth's room, and Eddie took the call. Oh, then oh. I heard Elizabeth saying, who is it, darling? Oh, and I said, would you just roll over and put Elizabeth on the phone? Oh, so he did, but she wouldn't take the call. The whole thing was so sad because Elizabeth was in deep mourning, and she right. really turned to Eddie out of this need. I right. don't blame Elizabeth now that I have more of a brain about it.
0: So, wow, like, she really I, is a halo. Yeah, I mean, this person. is twenty eleven.
1: Like she's a she's sure saint.
0: Decades to to so, work past it.
1: This affair is public scandal. Elizabeth Taylor is branded a homewrecker. Oh, sure. She is the Anne Boleyn to Debbie Reynolds, Catherine of Aragon. People are crazy over this scandal and the press is without a heart. (laughs) They want the story. Every dirty bit of this story comes out in the public eye. Looking back at modern screen and all the Mac, like they are the cover photo fodder for a year. Jesus. Debbie thinks this is gonna be a fling. She doesn't believe in divorce. She's hesitant. She's like, all right, you're gonna figure out what I got two kids. We're working, we're on top of the world, like do what you need to do, but come on. When questioned about the possibility that Debbie might refuse a divorce, here's the scandal from the other side of the press. Elizabeth Taylor said, At first Debbie was very much hurt, but I think now the hurt is left. And she will consent to Eddie getting a divorce here, right? Takes a lot of nerve. Well, that. Well, so one thing that's fascinating about that is that I'm
0: pretty sure that in every state in America now, you don't need your spouse's like it. That it's a that's a very weird way to talk about divorce. Wait for now, it. but in for, a Saturday yeah. Evening
1: Post article, we'll link to it. I'm going to read the following quote about how Debbie summed up the divorce came out. When I came home from Europe, people kept asking me, will you give Eddie a divorce or won't you? It wasn't a new question. Eddie had asked me before I'd said no, but when I was coming home on that plane, I knew there'd be people waiting for me at the airport. I prepared a last statement on the subject. It was this. Listen to this. This is beautiful. The position in which I am placed makes it necessary for me to give my consent but they would have gotten married anyway oh shit. boom drops Mike Catherine of Aragon right like boom man
0: uh, she, is as false as his it, claim that they right? were separated when he
1: took up with her <laughs> trashy divorce is
0: awesome uh, okay
1: I tried to do, this is still her talking. I tried to do everything and think of everything as I will five or 10 years from now. If I had talked or acted as I felt in the moment, I might have said and done the wrong things. Unfortunately, our situation became public property. If it hadn't, I think the three of us could have dealt with it in a mannerly way. I probably would have said no to a divorce, but perhaps it all would have worked out differently.
0: This is like the mirror image of Bethany Frank. Like this is a yeah. cerebral, compassionate, you know, like deep thinking, um, secu- totally. secure yeah.
1: person who's trying to work through a tough. The last line, of, but because it because it was dumped in the public slap by the other people involved, I had no choice. Yeah. So, like, it reaches its climax. Debbie agrees to a divorce after a year of hesitation. Front page news. Sure. She agrees to a quick divorce. So her husband could embark on his second marital adventure. Woo! This time with Elizabeth Taylor. Debbie Reynolds, Eddie Fisher, divorce May of 1959. I can't get an exact day on this. I had it and I deleted it anyway. I think it's early May, like May 2nd, May 4th. Elizabeth Taylor and Eddie Fisher were married at the Temple Beth Shalom in Las Vegas, May 12th. <clears throat> I mean, you can't just get any old date at the Temple Beth Shalom. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, like, Henry VIII was fast whipping around after he murdered Anne Boleyn to marry Jane Seymour. That was the 18th to the 30th, 12 days. This is less than, this is our... We've got a lot of charts to start upkeeping on. Yeah, no kidding, divorces. no
0: kidding. All right, we'll get some race car graphics.
1: This scandal, because the press has has no heart, has made it their business. This scandal is so great that Fisher's show is canceled. And at this point, I'm going to leave Eddie here, okay, because he's going to be continued in a future episode. Debbie and oh, Eddie are divorced.
0: multi or Stay tuned. Okay.
1: His show's canceled, but here's an interesting note to point as we talk about gender and how it fits. This triangle of the three of them, right? Brad, Jen, Angelina, Eddie, Debbie, Liz. They're the OG of this triangle. In terms of cold hard cash, the ladies upped their price at the box office. So Debbie Reynolds leapt to $125,000 a picture. Then to two hundred and fifty thousand. Which is huge it's, money. Uh, yeah, today's money that's money. gotta be gigantic. More than any other yeah, movie star yeah, was yeah. making. Elizabeth Taylor zooms in from half a mil to seven hundred and fifty, then to a million dollars. She was the first million dollar contract for an actress in Cleopatra
0: wow. in sixty
1: two. Wow, wow. Debbie Reynolds soon signed a similar contract for a million dollars for three T V appearances. Wow! Right, like the women take off. Eddie is trashed, which is as the top singing vocalist sure. of the early 1950s. Sure, he's just do we persona non grata. Does anybody ever hear about Eddie Fisher and his great crooner tunes? No, I honestly. Yeah, Tony Bennett, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. There are a million crooner legends. Well, and we that just are not Eddie Fisher. We just came. This is why
0: we just came through the almost unendurable holiday season where i ended up in too many rooms where people were playing the christmas music I, tv channel bing crosby
1: yeah but like yeah perry, Sta- cuomo. perry cuomo yeah like i don't recall how eddie many fisher. times have you ever heard eddie fisher on your music cable info music it doesn't happen yeah i don't know yeah anyway doesn't so it works out for the ladies <laughs> well, but not gonna... for him okay so Debbie Reynolds is left to raise two kids. Remember them? Yeah. Carrie and Todd. Carrie and Todd. She knows she's got it. She steadily works. She does get a rebound Oscar nod for her role as Molly Brown in 1964 for been, the Unsinkable I've, Molly Brown. Yeah, I've
0: been to the Molly Brown,
1: Brown house in Denver. Debbie Reynolds, if nothing else, is Charlotte and Charlotte's Web. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, yeah, she plays the role in of the, Charlotte in the cartoon, in the cartoon yeah. Charlotte's Web. Love it She's TV, movies, Broadway She does get remarried again In 1960, that marriage lasts till 73 In 1975, Debbie marries a third time It does end in 1996 But Debbie's working and kicking ass And I want to talk about two groovy things And leave the scandal for a second Okay Because I love her I love Debbie Reynolds Okay one cool thing, she founds an organization called the Thalians in 1955. It's an organization that provides mental health services from pediatric to geriatrics in L.A. She's elected president in 1957 and remains involved for the rest of her life in this organization. Way to go. <laughs> in 1979, she opens a dance studio in North Hollywood. Never forgetting how dancing really changed her life. It provides opportunities for all kinds of dancers they may not get in a regular studio. So dancers who are looking to film. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, Still open. Oh, wow. (sighs) Here's a little rap. So Debbie and Elizabeth. Remember those friends from the MGM BFF lot? Seems like that's done. (laughs) They're strange for a few years. I would think. But they reconnect When Debbie remarries in 1960, she and her new husband go on a cruise. They're on the Queen Elizabeth II. And Debbie's coming in and she sees all this luggage. She's like, whoa. She asks the porter, like, is the queen on board? They're like, no, not the queen, but Elizabeth Taylor. Holy crap. Now Debbie Reynolds is stuck on a fucking boat, right? Awkward turtle on a boat with Elizabeth Taylor they hadn't seen each other. Nobody knows what to say. She's, and she and Eddie are done by now? They're divorced. They're done. He's okay. done. We're okay. done talking about... I mean, he's going to come back. Right. <sighs> we'll meet him again. We will. <laughs> Until we meet again. So Debbie Reynolds is talking to her new husband. Like, oh, we haven't seen each other. This is so silly. We, This is dumb. So they end up sending each other notes on board. Take a letter, Maria. Like, I sent her a note. She sends me a note. They end up getting together to talk about this, have a drink, whatevs. Like, this is silly. Let's get this over with. They grew up together. They shouldn't break up a friendship over a man. They reunite their friendship. Here's the beauty of the story. Elizabeth Taylor and Debbie Reynolds reunite and resume their friendship. They socially interact through the rest of their lives. Debbie went to Elizabeth Taylor's first AIDS benefit in the 1980s. They a little are a little tentative at first, but they grow more solid through the years. When Debbie was interviewed, she said she could understand being dumped for the world's most beautiful woman.
0: Yeah, we will put pictures of both of oh, these God, women from this both period. Lovely. They are it's amazing. Like they were so beautiful.
1: There's literally hours and pages, like getting back to fame, of this footage. And Debbie talked about this for years. So did Carrie Fisher. So did Elizabeth Taylor. Debbie Reynolds on The View in 2011 had some really classic lines. Best friends should stick together and you move on. Uh, She's also quoted, like, women stick together. And she really liked that strong woman overcoming thing. And they became BFFs. Here's another hot take, which is pertinent to her story, but I really love this line. You can't make a man leave a woman unless he wants to go. I mean, yeah, yeah. True story. Trashy divorce tip number whatever. Yeah. Uh, They love each other so much they even mocked Eddie Fisher. Carrie Fisher wrote a movie for them called These Old Broads, in which their characters ridiculed the ex-husband they shared called... Freddy,
0: Oh, Freddie. Very different from Eddie. Okay.
1: <sighs> Elizabeth Taylor, who is a renowned collector of both husbands and jewels. When she died, left Debbie a suite of jewels, which includes an earring, a pen and a ring. Like they really were fond of each other and developed their friendship again. Eddie Fisher be fucking damned. <laughs> Debbie Reynolds passed away December 28th, 2016, one day after her beloved daughter, Carrie Fisher, died. Leia for life. Leia for life. And as much, like, maybe I will one day cover the trashy divorce of Carrie Fisher and Paul Simon. Oh, yeah. Like, I I don't want to because I would end up being just as sympathetic and nice and wonderful, but... Maybe we throw in some sweet trash candy, like the stuff that gets thrown in the trash can that's good. No, I like it every that, once in a while. I like that you I like that you look for what's
0: tender and the people you write about. I look for what's funny and the, and it's not I'm sure it's not nice.
1: I'm sure my stories I, are not nice, but I think it's about that. Like I'm I'm in love with Debbie Reynolds. Like anyway, I may cover Carrie Fisher and Paul Simon one day. We do have another music one coming up, which I'm knee deep into research with and love. But I will pay a little bit of homage. So your visual representation of my auditory representation of Trashy Divorces. Pay a little homage to a song I think about a lot when I'm writing these stories. Paul Simon made a love relationship divorce song about Carrie Fisher called Hearts and Bones. Which is, ah, even Carrie Fisher said it was the best breakup song ever recorded. (laughs) We'll put it on the website. It's... It's delicious. And if you really want to spin down a rabbit hole, Adam Duritz, James Campion have a podcast called Underwater Sunshine. And I want to say in episode number four, they do a bit about Paul Simon and dissect the song and to hear, you know me, I'm a counting crows girl forever and there's nothing better, but to hear Adam Duritz break down as a songwriter, Paul Simon's hearts and bone song, which is legit. God, the, best arc of a relationship song in the history i like you see me i cry we'll put it on the website it's so good uh best breakup song in the world carrie fisher hell of a broad i see where she gets it from her mom was too i don't know if we can add halos to the trash can rating eddie fisher's a fuck whatever like however many trash cans you want to get but I want to give Debbie Reynolds some halos because she's a genuine treasure. I I'll, love her. I'll allow that. I love her. Yeah. I, I mean, talk about some gumption and some resolve and steadily working and taking new chances. Yeah, and, no, it
0: sounds like she got hit with trash, but was never herself trashy.
1: Like, that's and she amazing. Was entirely handled herself classily. And, yeah. like, it's funny to watch the interviews because the seriously, first question every interview, I would be so mad. I would put that in my writer, but I guess if that's your cachet, like she never wanted. Yeah, I'm in love. I have two kids and now my BFF is you've got to be kidding. And this is shoved into the scandal and fame, press fodder for the late 1950s. And people get really bent still about the scandal. Like, I knew about this when I was a child because my grandmother was still bent (laughs) in the 1970s that Debbie Reynolds got screwed.
0: That is my trashy divorce for the week. I mean, that's a good one. That is a (sighs) classic one.
1: And wait, that's only the prequel. Oh, right. That's the Star Wars to Your Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi that's coming. All right. That is the prequel to the future episode of marrying the same person twice oh right la, la, la. right right
0: i think i have some research to do for that one um thanks all right. y'all for
1: tuning in yeah thank you guys thanks for picking up the trash candy totally. of another episode of trashy divorces yeah we'll be back next sunday we still don't have a sign off i'm gonna say it again stay single don't oh. get married okay. <laughs> and we'll see you next week keep it trashy bye bye y'all and thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacey and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V.
0: Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's Store on Instagram. And definitely drop
1: into Ratsy's Store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio.